Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is, and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And we are here for episode 250, 250 episodes of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Ah, did you think we'd get to 250? I don't know. I, I Yes, I, I do think we would have made it to 250. I wasn't expecting it to be this soon. Because, I, you know, the, the longtime listeners know that originally this show was only going to be seasonal. Yeah, but we had so much fun doing it that we decided to do it every single week. And I, we've been pretty consistent for the most part. I mean, like, you know, we've taken some weeks off, but mm-hmm. we haven't gone on any type of like extended hiatus or anything. So, yeah, hit 250 episodes. And I know earlier this year we hit the five year mark. So mm-hmm. t- time's time's <laughs> flying by. I was I was still in my 20s when yeah. we started this show. <laughs> See, I would have thought we would have run out of games by now, but no, there we're still still lots of games to play, so don't think we're going to pod fade anytime soon. Well, to think about it, you know, cuz I was thinking about it the other day too, there's still a lot of good games that we haven't reviewed yet oh, no. on this show. And there there's there's a special one that I'm going to review next week, but we'll we'll talk about that. A little bit later but yeah it's it's cool you know and i appreciate you know all the the listeners the patreon subscribers everyone who's supported our our fun podcasting venture for the last 250 episodes dude i was just thinking about the amount of games we still have left to play yeah i was at the local retro gaming store this last weekend and when i bought twisted metal black and just the wall of PS2 games, uh, I just I was almost like frozen with like a par- uh, what do they call it paralyzation of choice or whatever something like that. Yeah, you're, you're just completely paralyzed. Where you like I, there's so much to choose from, and I'm like there's so many games to play that I never got to play the first time around. You know, I, I played maybe I'd say probably 15 to 20 PS2 games. Back back in the day, and there are what two thousand PS2 games to play. I'm like, we're never gonna get to everything. We're gonna die before we get to all the games we want to play. When you think of the lifespan of that console, is absolutely insane. And even going back farther, there's still several N64 games that we haven't talked about. GameCube games, mm-hmm. and eventually we'll get to the point where, God, I hate to say it, but like the Wii and the PS3 are going to be retro games. And apparently and the PS2 is still popular. I was at the retro yeah. game store and there were just people buying PS2 games. Like I had to wait to get to the wall because there were so many people looking through PS2 games. I'm like, man, this thing is still popular. Like there's still, there's people probably there were people my age looking at the games. There were young people looking at the games and it was nice to see that people, you know, even young people are like, oh, I want to play this game. You ever played this? Like just talking about it. I'm like, man, you were probably a year old when this thing was released and they're going back and playing, playing these games. It's pretty cool. Which says a lot to the staying power of it. And it, the fact that it's now spanning generations, you know, we've known of like the NES and the super Nintendo as being one of those consoles that spans generations, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we, we are at that point where consoles from like the early 2000s are going to be in that same category. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm in the same boat you are, my friend. Yeah. So uh, what have you been doing this week? How was your week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, still coming off the high of the watching the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer oh, that premiered yeah. last night. I so there are movies that I get like 
really hyped for. And you know how big of a Spider-Man fan I am. And, you know, I, I have some of my favorite theater memories are seeing the original like Tobey Maguire movies, mm-hmm. um, even the, you know, the the first Andrew Garfield movie, The Amazing Spider-Man. I have sentimental reasons attached to most of them. And then seeing the trailer and almost seeing like the generational Spider-Man, you know, coming back together as far as them incorporating all the villains and everything. It was just really cool. And seeing, you know, all the stuff that's been rumored for so long, but I'm happy that they didn't give everything away. Yeah. But I'll say this with the trailer. This is the last thing that I want to see before this movie comes out. Like I want to try and avoid commercials, all of it. Like now I've seen the trailer now I'm just ready for the movie. So if it's the Sinister Six, we still haven't seen if Vulture is going to be there. So do you think we get Vulture so that we have Michael Keaton as Vulture in Spider-Man and returning to ba- the the bat suit and and uh, um, the Flash? The, the Flash, yeah. It could be, or Mysterio could have faked his death. Yeah. Could be. There's there's still so much that, that could happen. I, I hope it's Michael Keaton because they got to bring in that one villain to be the you know, the final piece of the Sinister Six. But, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Alfred Molina back as Doc Ock. But oh, yeah. the, the thing that that really like made me nerd out over the whole thing was hearing Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn, because no one can play that role like him. Yeah, they try. They tried to recast him in the Amazing Spider-Man, but it just didn't work with Chris Cooper. Willem Dafoe is one of the best cast Marvel characters in the history of Marvel films. So to hear his voice and see him back was just, you know, it took me back to being a sophomore in high school watching the original movie again. So I, I can't wait. The line that got me in the trailer was when Alfred Molina has Peter Parker, you know, Got him by the neck. He's upside down. And he's like, he takes off the mask and he's like, You're not Peter Parker. Yeah. At that moment, I'm like, Toby Maguire's coming back. Like, why would he say that if Toby Maguire's not going to be there? Yeah. I think both Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it because I've said it from the beginning. It makes too much sense. And why would you bring in their villains and their specific? actors playing those same villains if you're not bringing their spider-man back yeah this is basically going to be spider-man endgame yeah pretty much is what what it's going to (laughs) be it's going to be so awesome i I don't know what they're going to do to top it or what they're going to do after this but we'll we'll worry about that later yeah (laughs) um so i've been playing a lot of uh, i got sucked back into um animal crossing this last I knew week. it was only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to my island and it, it was overgrown with weeds and everybody's like, we thought you were dead, basically. So I showed my face back on the island and everybody was like, where have you been? It's been, it, literally it's been over, the, one of the comments on there was, it's been a year and one month since I logged into wow. Animal Crossing. That's awesome though. Did your uh, turnip lady say hi? No, I haven't uh, seen the turnip lady yet. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I've um, I've almost beat Skyward Sword. I'm at the final boss. I just got to stock up on items before I do that final battle because it's it's a bear to <laughs> to to beat. So, yeah, but it's it's been fun going back and, and playing. And then once I beat that, I'm going to finally get Metroid Dread. Yeah, start playing that. Uh, it's probably going to be a while before I get back to Metroid Dread. I just started playing. Knights of the Old Republic, and yes, I bought the remaster on the Switch, and that's where I'm playing it. And you know what? I'm having a blast playing it on the Switch. So if anybody has anything to say about it, I love playing it on the Switch, and there's nothing you can say that'll change my mind. You can express your opinion to at JFunktastic (laughs) or at NerdCaveRetro on Twitter. And he will. (laughs) Trust me, he will. I'm going to wake up tomorrow just in anticipation for the the Twitter comments. Man, everybody was jumping on my case yesterday. Every time I logged into Twitter, 
at the real big wall was taking me to task because he was listening to last week's episode apparently yesterday, and then of course uh, Jester uh, Mike Lee Evelyn from uh, B Res Coffee jumps in, and then uh, Rampage is jumping in, and then everybody's getting on my case. And you know what? You know what? That's okay. I can take it. I can take it. Just remember, like I said on Twitter. You're not mad at me. You're, you're mad at the masses. <laughs> uh, but I'm just kidding around. I, I don't mind. Yeah. Like They can it's, take me to task all they want. I'm still having fun playing on my Switch. And you know what? I like it. There's a lot of stupid stuff that Nintendo does. But you know what? I like my Switch. That's where I like playing my games at. It makes for good banter. Oh, and the, the comment that was made about uh, it's shocking how little we know about copyright law. For historical footage. I'm sorry, I missed that day apparently when they were teaching uh, historical footage copyright law in, in class. I must have missed that day. Sorry. Same. <laughs> I was uh, I was too busy playing Zelda and Sonic. Yeah. Which was so funny because Wally was like, oh, I'm not a fan of either. So I'm yeah. just like, Wally might as well have just reached in my chest, pulled out my heart, threw it in a blender, and just hit max speed. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a day yesterday on Twitter. It was yeah, a it fun was. day. But, it uh, was, but got, in a good way. We got news to get to. You ready to get to the news? Let's do it. Today's stories were submitted to us by you, the listeners. Most of the stories today are by are brought to us by Armez Jackson, one of our Patreon supporters. Sends a lot of uh, news stories our way. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. This top story I pulled off of Polygon, polygon.com. Man, there was a big, big happening over at Blizzard yesterday. Um, this is just one of the stories that popped up yesterday. Uh, Jen O'Neill, briefly in charge of Blizzard, expressed no faith in Activision leadership. Um, let's see. When she stepped down from her brief position as co-leader of Blizzard Entertainment, Jen O'Neill said she was leaving not because I am without hope for Blizzard. Turns out maybe she really was. The Wall Street Journal on Tuesday, reported that O'Neill, who turned over Blizzard's leadership to Mikey Barra on November 2nd, sent an email in September in which she said she had little faith Activision could turn around a toxic work- workplace uh, shot through with sexual harassment and discrimination. O'Neill, who was writing to discuss her resignation, also alleged that she had been paid less than Ibarra and that she had been sexually harassed earlier in her 13-year career with Activision. Uh, it was clear that the company would never prioritize our people the right way, O'Neill wrote. I have been tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. Activision Blizzard's leadership is graciously offering their support uh, for her decision as worked with her on a plan to invest in the future uh, of other women in the gaming industry. The money will be used to fund skill building and mentorship programs. She went on to call Ibarra unbelievably supportive throughout my decision-making process around this move and said Blizzard's best days are ahead. Um, but then a lot a lot of stuff came out because of this uh, Wall Street Journal thing. I mean, this is a really lengthy article, but that's just kind of like the top, you know, the surface of it. But basically, Bobby Kotick is a human piece of garbage <laughs> and needs to go. And Blizzard and their board of directors are doubling down, standing behind him. And he needs to go. Or Blizzard is going to go down in a pile of flames. Yeah, I mean, this, like you said, this is part of a, a much bigger story. But yeah, yeah, if he ends up staying, it's going to do some real long term like, reputational damage. Yeah. And I read another article yesterday, too, of some of the stuff coming out about Bobby Kotek. I mean, there were emails where there was an email where he threatened to kill um, a worker that worked there. Um, he has continually harassed people, like sexually harassed women. And um, he, when he, he sent out, um, he sculpted an email right after everything that happened. And then 
like threw somebody else under the bus because of that email was not received well by the public or that uh one the something to I'm butchering this story but it was it was a press release that Activision had put out after everything started happening and everybody jumped on it as being tone deaf and then he threw somebody else under the bus over that but he pinned it and it's just he's just not a good person and needs to go like now yesterday my thing is like with all this stuff coming out about him and it's not just like one isolated incident it's multiple situations involving multiple people yeah if it's an isolated incident then yeah you might look at it as a one-time thing but this is not that at all like everything that's come out and just his reaction to it mm. yeah he he has to go so yeah like there, there's just no, there's no other way around it he just has to go so yeah blizzard employees st- have staged another huge walkout um, to try and force change in the company because apparently nothing's getting done. Nothing's being changed. I mean, she, she's she been there as the, uh, in charge of Blizzard for three months, and she's already stepping down because of all the crap that's going on behind the scenes. Like, what is happening over there at Activision Blizzard? Like, they just need, from the top down, they just need to get rid of these people. I mean, that might be the best thing to do. Yeah. Just, I'm, sometimes I think the best thing to do is to literally burn the whole thing down and start over. I have no faith in in Blizzard anymore. Like, I know there's a lot of good people that work there that just want to do their job and make good games, but I can't support that company anymore. I I don't want to buy their games anymore. I was looking forward to Diablo 4. I have no desire to play that game anymore. I'm just, I'm done with Blizzard at this point. I do hope that at some point they do the right thing and make some changes. Yeah. For the sake of, you know, people, like you said, who are just there to do their job because they love making games. Yeah. But hopefully, this won't be the last that we hear of it, but hopefully... Hopefully more positive news will will come of it. This thing just keeps getting worse and worse as it goes along. Yeah. But our next story comes to us from NintendoEnthusiast.com. Knights of the Old Republic gets multiple limited run editions. Uh, Star Wars aficionados, I'm sure you're aware of the Switch version of Star Wars KOTOR was released last week. The digital eShop title can be downloaded right now for 15 bucks. But for those of us who crave physical media, there is another. I see what they did there. Uh, Limited Run Games has just announced multiple editions of Knights of the Old Republic, and some of them are pretty sweet. Uh, The basic version of the game comes with a box and physical cartridge for $34.99. Then we have the premium and master's editions, which let's see, uh, includes an uh, an Ebon Hawk pen, concept art cards, and more. Uh, Let's see, premium edition includes physical game, hardcover box, steelbook, reversible poster, concept art cards, light side slash dark side commemorative coins, certificate of authenticity, and Ebon Hawk metal pen. That'll set you back 90 bucks. The Master Edition has mostly everything the Premium one does, plus a throwback case, lithographs, Premium hardcover strategy guide, uh, Darth Revan miniature hilt replicas, uh, Vibroblade letter opener, and a replica Pazic set, which is 175 bucks. And pre-orders go on sale November 19th and end on January 2nd. It sounds like really cool, uh, like really cool features with both these editions. I don't think I will get it either of them because I'm kind of trying to save money. Yeah. But if I had the spare money, then yeah, I'd I'd consider it because I I think it's it's something that would be worth it if you are a diehard fan of this game. I mean, I would love to have you know the master edition, but. I've already gotten the digital version for 15. I would probably throw down 35 bucks for um just to have the uh 
the physical know, phys- copy. Yeah, the physical release of it because it just yeah. looks cool to have. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm happy with just the digital download because I just love this game. I've been playing it the last week, and I can't wait to review it and talk about it next month. Yeah, now it'll be it'll be a good game to play. I, I need to get it as well because it's been a long time since I played either of those games. But I, I remember them being a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially if you like the Mass Effect series, this was the this was the beginning of that style yeah. of gameplay. Yeah. Let's see. I do want to continue blocking ads, Nintendo Life. This next story comes from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com. The new Zelda Game & Watch hides a cool little secret. Today, uh, <clears throat> the launch of the Nintendo's latest Game & Watch system, um, Legend of Zelda, arrives on store shelves. The cool little device with plenty of features, but there's one little secret that Ninten- Nintendo kept from building up to its launch. Let's see. Color screen. Uh, on the back and in the far right lighting conditions, you should be able to see a glowing Triforce symbol as shared by Nintendo Life reader at Third Signer. Uh, let's see. You'll need to be in a relatively darkened room and have the unit's brightness turned up to spot it. So if you do that, a little Triforce symbol is glows on the back of the Game & Watch. Does it grant your wish if you touch it? Maybe. you have to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to get one of these eventually. You know, I mentioned it, I think it was last week on the show when we were talking about it. I don't know to what extent I would play it because I've got all of these games already you know, playable on other systems. But because I'm a Zelda fan, I would love to just have it as a collector's item. Yeah, it's a cool but, little looking little system. That's just a nice little touch to put on yeah. the back of it. Yeah, for sure. Now, it's it's something I want to get at some point, but I, I do love little little nuances like that 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 Nintendo or other companies will add in. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from NintendoEverything.com. Stocks 9800 stock market simulator planned for the Switch. If had this been released in high school, I probably would have done much better in economics. Yeah. Uh, Stock market simulator is seeing a release on switch developer. uh, Turnox has announced while the game will initially arrive in the first quarter of 2022, the console version will follow later in the year. If you're interested in learning more about the title, read the following overview, a simulator of a businessman on the Japanese stock market in the eighties and nineties, Chill, catch a retro vibe, and watch your profits grow in the tech-based game Stonks 9800. Key features include buying stocks, get dividends, and monitor the stock price. Your actions affect the market. Keep an eye on your health and do not overwork, lest you end up in the hospital. Take care of a lot of problems. Buy your own real estate and cars, increasing your level of comfort. Manage the company, having a controlling interest. The opportunity to earn not only the legal way, uh, many games include pachinko and betting on horse races and many other features and unexpected situations await you in stocks 9,800, huh. the American version of this. And they would never do it because of the licensing, but it should totally be based on the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They never get the rights for that. No, not at all. But in theory, it would be a great game. It, it's interesting, you know, like Nintendo does have a history of releasing educational based games, you know, even dating back to the SNES. Um, I don't know of any other educational based games for the Switch. Mm-mm. I mean, I won't play this, but it's kind of interesting. Sounds like a nice, fun little chill out game. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, this sounds like something I would just kind of chill out and play while just laying on the couch watching TV. Like, it's one of those games you can play without having to put, like, 100% of your attention into. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, you can watch you can watch a TV show and still play this and not, you know, not know what's going on. Yeah, it doesn't have a price listed on the article. No, it doesn't. So I'm not... Not entirely sure how much it is, but it, it can't be that expensive. It's got probably like 10 bucks, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, for our last story, this is also from NintendoLife.com. 
the elusive McDonald's Nintendo DS has made another appearance online. There have been plenty of rare and elusive Nintendo consoles over the past few decades, either released as one-offs or under limited circumstances. Uh, the McDonald's DS is right up there as one of the more quirky system variants. Uh, the McDonald's-branded Nintendo DS consoles were sent out to Japanese McDonald's branches back in 2010, only ever being shared internally before eventually being returned to Nintendo, or at least they should have been returned. <clears throat> Never officially released to the public, the systems were shipped to stores alongside a game cartridge called E-Crew Development Program, <clears throat> which teaches new staff how to cook and serve items from the McDonald's menu using a food preparation simulator and includes player profiles and performance statistics for managers to assess. A very small handful of these units sneaked out into the public. Five are known about, um, and one of them is owned by Twitter user at XX underscore 750,000. Uh, they've been sharing photos of the system as well as detailed looks at the manuals, which come with the included cartridges. I've never heard of this. Me neither. Until now. This is, I don't know what to think of this. Like it, I get it, but why go through all that trouble to release like a DS specifically for McDonald's employees to do training programs? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Like they'll do that, but they won't update their freaking online store. Right. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong, like seeing a DS with the McDonald's, you know, M logo on it's kind of cool, but I, I feel like Nintendo's resources can be used in a much better way, like yeah. fixing your online store. Yeah. Like this is just so weird. Like okay, yeah. it's, a, it's a training program. I mean, why not just have like do that on a computer or you know, iPads were out at this time. Like, yeah. To have Nintendo specifically make, you know, these very few systems for McDonald's managers, like, that's that's such a closed system. Like, it just seems so impractical. It just seems like a waste. Yeah. I mean, it'd like be you cool said, why to not have one. Like, look, I've got a McDonald's branded Nintendo DS. Like, yeah. It's weird, but it's so. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> I can guarantee you neither Ray Kroc or the McDonald's brothers ever pictured that happening. No, I, I think if you'd have went to all three of those guys and told them, hey, you're going to have a McDonald's branded Nintendo DS, they, would, like, they wouldn't know what the hell you were talking about. No. They think it was some type of new food special. Yeah, you might as well be talking Swahili to them. Like, they would have and, no idea. Exactly. It's so weird. Just, I mean, it, it, all it is is a black DS with a McDonald's logo on it. Yeah, that's that's really all it is. And there were three cartridges for it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. That's just so weird. Yeah. Nintendo does weird stuff like this. And I'm just like, why? There's no point in this. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I really I, don't have much to say about it other than it's just weird. Initially, when I read the article earlier, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then in actually talking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this makes this no is sense. stupid. <laughs> this is uh, stupid. I don't like it. Uh, but now we're about to move into this month in video game history. <laughs> On November 13th of 1996, uh, Tom Clancy and Virtus Corp found Red Storm Entertainment, headed by Doug Littlejohns. Such a great last name. Yeah, Littlejohns. Which uh, Red Storm is mostly known for uh, developing games in the Tom Clancy franchise, which yeah. if you remember in the early 2000s, those were, I felt like I saw commercials for those games all the time. Oh, I saw dude. them in stores all the time. Tom Clancy games and the Xbox PlayStation 2 era were God, they were pumping those things out left and right. I felt like there was a new one every couple of months. And I was not, it was not my thing. I've tried to no. play some of the Splinter Cell games and I hate, hate stealth games. Like, I just cannot do it. 
Yeah, they never really seemed like they would be my thing, so I just never bothered with them. But uh, they had to have been popular or they weren't that expensive to make because there were a lot of them. They were popular, but man, I I didn't even try any of the other ones, like the Rainbow Six games and all that stuff. Yeah, I'd be interested to talk with someone who did because out of like all my friends groups, never knew anybody that played any of those games. Me neither. But somebody did, yeah, because they kept making them. On November 21st, 1998, Nintendo releases a little-known game called The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64, which, if I remember correctly, was the first game to ever get a perfect 10 on IGN's website. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was it was okay. It was just a little, little, little indie game yeah, that kind of... <laughs> made, but no, it's between this and Link to the Past. I think those are the two most popular and well received games of that entire franchise, which is saying a lot because you know, I've I mean, everybody knows my love for the Zelda franchise at this oh, point, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, what else can you say about Ocarina of Time? It's it's my favorite video game of all time, I can still remember playing it for the first time. Uh, in my room at the original house that I lived in back when I was a kid. So many fun memories based on that game. I want to play it for the Switch, but until they fix their online store and add more to it, I ain't going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, November 20th of 2000, Rare releases Banjo-Tooie for the Nintendo 64, one of your favorite games, I believe. Which is still to this day, I think, underrated because the... uh, the original Banjo-Kazooie is just so iconic when it comes to the platforming genre and of that generation, especially. I mean, even I say Banjo-Kazooie is the perfect 3D platforming game. It's yeah. better. It's a better game than Mario 64. And Banjo-Tooie, while it's good, I think it might have been a little too ambitious. It's a much bigger game yeah. than Banjo-Kazooie is. But I, I would love to see... If Rare and Nintendo ever make up, I would love to see remastered Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie for the Switch. Like, yeah. I truly think those two games would do so well. I don't see Nintendo caring enough to do that, though. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. But one can dream. On November 15th, 2001, we just celebrated the 20th, uh, the 20th anniversary of this, Bungie releases Halo Combat Evolved for the Xbox, which I will be reviewing next week Sweet. here on the show. I I can't... I, we've talked about this numerous times that you know we were coming up on the 20th anniversary of Halo, and with it being here, it's, it's time to do it. Yeah. We've never reviewed an Xbox game and I'm I'm stoked to talk about Halo. I don't even need to replay it. I played it so no, much same. in the past. Like I could tell, I still know every inch of that game. Well, and and I'll get into it more next week. But to me, Halo, especially that first game, is more than a video game. It's an experience. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk. We got a lot to say. That might be a yeah. two-hour show next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so we we might have to carve out some extra time. Yeah, for for that. Good evening, one. Armez Jackson, for joining us in the chat room. Welcome, Armez Jackson. And our last one for the evening, November eighteenth, two thousand one. Nintendo releases the GameCube in North America. Never heard of it. Yeah, just go ahead and put me in the grave yeah. at this point. <laughs> like I, it, so we're we're recording this on the seventeenth. So tomorrow is the actual. 20th anniversary of the GameCube being released in North America. 20 freaking years, man. It's it's nuts cuz I I still remember getting the GameCube for Christmas that year and playing, you know, Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers, Melee. Yeah. The GameCube I feel like it's getting more love now. Oh yeah. But you know, I've said it for years on this show that the GameCube to me was that decline in 
the relevancy of Nintendo because it also had the rise of the Xbox and the PlayStation 2. Well, people are so definitely it, starting to realize what a good system that was because, dude, the games for the GameCube are starting to get ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're so expensive now. That's why I'm glad I kept a lot of them. Like, I still have my copy of Smash Brothers Melee. I've got Metroid Prime, uh, Wind Waker. Wish I Most would of the big have. GameCube games I still have. Dude, I had Wind Waker. I had Resident Evil 4. I had the uh, Rogue Squadron games. I had all that stuff. Yeah. Sold it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Especially just for I mean, Wind Waker. I mean, crap. Wind Waker is like 70 bucks just for a regular. Not even like sealed copy or anything. It's like 70, 80 bucks. I still can't believe they didn't put the HD version of Wind Waker on the Switch because they did it for the Wii U. Why don't you just port it? I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't get it. Uh, before we go into our review for tonight, we like to do shout outs of our lovely, lovely patrons over at pa patreon.com slash Retro. And Derek, would you like to shout out all of our patrons? Yes. As always, we like to shout out our patrons over at patreon.com slash Retro. We want to shout out Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster and Mike Eveland, thank you all so much for your continued contributions. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, let me tell you a little bit about what you get. You get our awesome commentary tracks like Super Mario Brothers, Clue, Big Trouble in Little China. So many great movies and shows that we've done commentary tracks for. Uh, I don't. I can't even remember how long we've been doing the commentary tracks for. I know it's been a while, but yeah. we've done a lot of good ones. And it's funny because the one for November is actually a tie. So, which I lost because the tie is between Wally and Derek. So we decided we're going to flip a coin. Derek has planes, trains, and automobiles, and Wally has Toy Story. So we're going to flip. A coin and show them the coin there, Derek. Okay, so for those who are watching the video version, I have a special Avengers Endgame commemorative coin. One side we have the Avengers A, the other is the Avengers Endgame full logo with text. So I think since you're the, the neutral party here, you should dictate what side is which. Uh, just the A is the heads and the full logo is tails. And okay. the A will be, uh, heads will be planes, trains, automobiles, and tails will be um, Toy Story. I did get nervous when Wally picked Toy Story. I'm like, oh, that, that, <laughs> that might break my streak. <laughs> so I'm clearing off some space here. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do for those who are watching the video version, I'm going to flip the coin so that it lands on my desk here. And then I'll take my webcam and show that it, in fact, did land so that I'm not cheating. All right. All right. So you said heads, planes, trains, and automobiles, mm -hmm. tails, Toy Story. Yep. Okay. Here we go. What do we got? Uh, it's a little hard to see. Still can't see it. <laughs> um, hang on. Let me, let me shine my light here. Yeah, slide it over into the light. Ah, okay, so we got Tails, so Toy Story it is. The streak is over. Streak, gosh Derek's darn it. Streak has been broken. <laughs> uh, but I haven't watched Toy Story in a while, so yeah, that'll be Yeah, it'll fun. be nice. Yeah. So yeah, we'll so be there we go. watching we'll Toy do... Story this month. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I dig that. So yeah, we'll get to do uh, Toy Story. We'll do that some point this month. And if you want to vote on some of our reviews every now and then we post polls on our Patreon that you, the subscribers, get to vote on what we review. So if you want access to all that stuff, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you're a new Patreon subscriber, be sure to send us your social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you prefer, so we can give you a proper shout out. Also for our Patreons, uh, and you will get this at all Patreon levels, me and Derek have been talking about it, 
And uh, for exclusively for our Patreons, I'm going to start releasing uh, every month an episode, a past episode of the Pop Culture Palette. Um, because those episodes are not available anywhere. <clears throat> so I figured what a nice surprise for our Patreon listeners. So every month get an episode of the Pop Culture Palette. And I'm just going to go through some of the, you know, some of my favorite old episodes of that show. We did a lot of cool interviews with people. We did uh, good pop culture to- talk. So I'll be releasing some episodes starting uh, probably this weekend. I'll pick an episode and upload to the Patreon. So if you want to start getting an episode every month of the Pop Culture Palette, go join our Patreon at any level, and you will be able to get that extra episode every single month. I like it. And I I do miss listening to Pop Culture Palette because when it was still available to listen to, I would go back every now and then and... Yeah listen to some of the shows you guys did. So. It's a shame that, that it's not available anywhere because that show was fun to do. And it's still pretty evergreen, too. <clears throat> yeah. Because it was just general, you know, we talked to, like, general pop culture talk. We did a lot of interviews with people. Like, we talked to the creators of the Suicide Squad. We talked to a lot of, uh, um, you know, comic book artists and writers and all kind of people. So it's going to be cool for people to get to hear those episodes again. Um, Yeah, for sure. And for those who have never heard it, they'll get to hear it. Yeah. Hey, guys, we got to tell you about B-Res Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And uh, so, yeah, right now we're going to go into our review. And tonight I am talking about... Nope, it's not Final Fantasy, which everybody is expecting me to talk about tonight. (laughs) I told everyone in our Discord they were going to be sorely disappointed that tonight was not a Final Fantasy episode. But tonight is Twisted Metal Black for the PlayStation 2. It is a vehicle combat video game developed by Incognito Entertainment and designed by Sony Computer Entertainment America for the PlayStation 2. It is a reboot of the Twisted Metal series and was released on June 18, 2001. Uh, an online-enabled multiplayer-only variant, Twisted Metal Black Online, was released later as a free send-away. Um, the, so basically, this, this game is just... Uh, all it really is is a demolition derby type of game, but you have all kind of cool different uh, characters that you can be, different vehicles... Each vehicle has its own different stats. Um, like some of the cars, like Calypso has um, a car that has not as much armor, but it's faster and it has good, uh, really good firepower. Or you have, um, I'm trying to remember all, I think, what was his name? I'm trying to remember some of the their names in the game. I can't remember. <laughs> but you have Mr. Grimm, who is... Uh, he rides a motorcycle, and he's got a really... He has a lot of firepower, but no shields whatsoever, no armor. Uh, he, but he's very, very fast. And, of course, you have Sweet Tooth, who drives around in a modified ice cream truck. Uh, that the face pretty, of the franchise. Yeah, it's pretty slow, but he's got a lot of firepower. Um, but I noticed... Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, I've got the list of characters okay. pulled up. So we've got Agent Stone, who drives a vehicle called the Outlaw. 
uh, Mr. Grimm, mm-hmm. a John Doe character. Their vehicle name is Roadkill, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloody Mary, Dollface, yeah. Raven, and um, and of course Sweet Tooth. Yeah, and it does sort of have a, a story to it. Uh, every character you pick, all they all start out at the the asylum, which is pretty much out in the middle of nowhere, and they're all kind of telling their story. And the cutscenes look great. They're not, you know, they're computer generated um, graphics, but they're not animated. They're just kind of still shots that are, you know, kind of told, you know, dynamic camera angles and stuff like that. But basically, the person who runs this demolition derby is going to give you your freedom and basically give you whoever you need to kill <laughs> at the very end if you do this demolition derby style thing. So I, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the world, but it's pretty post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, with all this savagery going on. But um, but I really like the fact that there there is sort of a story mode to the game. I tried a bunch of different characters, tried different vehicles. I think I, it really boiled down to, um, you know, Sweet Tooth has pretty much the best all-round vehicle. It's kind of slow, but I noticed playing this game that the, the controls are very slippery. Like, as far as the vehicles, the way they control... It takes a while to kind of get used to it. But another thing I noticed about this game, I had to turn, I had to go in the settings and turn up the the brightness because good God, this game was dark. I forgot how dark this game was. Yeah, and going back and watching some gameplay of it, because I haven't played this game in a very long time. Yeah, it's it's one you got to bump up the brightness on your TV for. Yeah. It's so hard to see if you don't put your uh, your brightness up. And the combat is just, it's so chaotic, but it's so fun to play. Like It's just crazy, like the amount of, uh, you know, special, like each driver has their own kind of special ability, you know, that you can do. Like Sweet Tooth's uh, ice cream truck turns into a giant, um, almost like a transformer but like a giant clown and just shoots off like dozens of missiles. And like each character has their own special ability like that. What I tell people, if they don't know anything about the twisted metal games, they can really be summed up in two words, mass chaos. Yeah, it is. But a fun type of mass chaos. Like if you just want to play something that you don't have to really think about, like you just dive in and your objective is just to to beat your opponents. Yeah. That that's what these games are, but they're they're so there's just so much going on mm-hmm. when you get like the max number of people that can play. But it's so fun. Yeah. Like I I I want to play this game again at some point. I'd love to play it with with actual people because that, that's the best yeah. way to do it. And it's an early game with destructible environments and stuff like that. Like, it's not like it doesn't have all the good particle effects and things like games today have, but it's still fun to destroy the environments. Like, you have levels where you're in, like in a, a neighborhood or, you know, you're on a freeway and you can just run through houses and just like just destroy everything around. And it's so fun. And, um, Rampage is saying in the, uh, in the chat room that this will make a great battle royale game these days. Oh my we, god, yes. We talked about that not uh, you know not too long ago about <clears throat> as I was playing this game, I was just thinking, man, we are ripe for a twisted metal comeback. Like this game, and even does it doesn't even have to be like 100 players. You could just do t- between 20 and 50. You have a good size map, you know, th- that isn't too big, but it's not too small. And the customization that you could do nowadays to your vehicle, like you could pick, like say Sweet Tooth or Mr. Grimm or Dollface or anybody you want, or you could do like a character creation where you do, uh, you know, you pick a base model car, like say a, you know, like a 1968 Mustang or, 
you know, like uh, whatever kind of car like that you want to play as and you just go through and you just mod it with like different weapons and paint jobs and all kind of stuff like that. Like that would be so freaking cool to do like like a Fortnite style game, but twisted metal. I'd want to do it with a hundred people. Yeah, that would be just it, it would be so insane. Like you'd have <laughs> 10 pe- at least 10 people be killed within the first 20 seconds of the match. Oh, yeah. It would just be chaos, just mass chaos. Well, and anytime I would play this game, like I would never really have a strategy. I would just pretty much be like that gunfighter who just goes in guns blazing and just try to take out as many people as possible. Cause that's that to me is how I like to play these types of games because that's what they are to me. And could you imagine if they got the licenses that safe, you know, like Fortnite gets where they, you know, they have Batman and the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Can you imagine if you could play like, Mad Max or you know the different versions of Mad Max you could do the Mel Gibson version of Mad Max from Road Warrior or you can do the Tom Hardy version of Mad Max um or you, you could get like the 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 DeLorean or um any I don't know just so many cool things that you could do Yeah the Ecto 1 imagine like having an Ecto 1 in a mass battle royale thing like that i i just the, the it's unlimited the things you could do it should happen like it's just that simple it should happen yeah it should and i don't know why it, it, it has it not happened but but I, I i'm with you i think twisted metal is one of those franchises because it's i believe it's sony's longest running franchise uh, in the PlayStation era, like it's older than Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's not really talked about on that same level. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess because there hasn't been a Twisted Metal game in quite a while, it's just kind of dropped off everyone's radar. But I think that if they were to do a reboot of it and do it in that you know battle royale style. I think it would be just as popular now, if not more. Rampage says Twisted Metal Chaos Royale. Yeah, that's pretty much what it would be. (laughs) Yep, exactly. That's exactly what it would be. But and in this game, you know, there's 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 like eight levels that you go through. Um, You can pick different. uh, Each time you go to a level, you get to pick a different map that you want to go through. There's a lot of replayability to this game, and and it's not, you know, each match lasts a while because you know you got like eight or nine other cars on there and they're not easy to take down you you know you really gotta um you know you really have to focus on like one car to take it down like it's not just hit it with a missile and it's blown up like you really have to like these games take a while like each match lasts you know 20 30 minutes but that's part of the the appeal of it is that it's not just a, like it's chaotic, but it's not a match that's over in like two minutes. Yeah. Like you do have to have, you know, a, a little bit of strategy. Yeah. But also it, while not really having strategy. And it's also one of the things like the more you play it, the more you kind of memorize the map and where everything is. Because those maps, like I said, when I was first started playing it again those maps were so dark i didn't know where everything i I couldn't remember where anything was but as soon as i adjusted the brightness and could see i started to to memorize where things were and was getting better at it as i went because i could remember where you know oh oh, okay the uh the uh, homing missiles are over here you know there's there's a health there's health packs over here and like all that kind of stuff, and it, they're also the environments against you too. Like there are you know garages that you drive through, but the doors are slamming shut. You know every couple of seconds, like you, there's like a really good you know like a uh, pickup in there of like a, a different missile or you know whatever, and you try to go through the door, and all of a sudden the door slams shut on you, and you're just like ouch, and you take like half your life off. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, this is such a fun game. And like having this conversation is making me want to find a copy and play it again. Yeah, it's really fun. I had a lot of fun playing this over the weekend. I didn't finish the game because I, I kept restarting like with different characters and going through the maps with each each different vehicle type. And uh, I am not good with the faster vehicles like Mr. Grimm and um, uh, Dollface and, th- and those characters. I like the big slower characters um, and because it's just, I don't, I don't have that, I don't know, that, that, like I said, the, the controls are so slippery with the cars. Like the faster you go, you're just sliding all over the place. It's really hard to control the faster. The faster vehicles are way harder to control. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, what's crazy about this game, and I, I was reading some of the you know reviews that it got, uh, it sold just under a million copies and made $31 million wow. in the United States, which is a little surprising to me. And it was... The uh, let's see, it received a rating of nine and a half out of 10 from GameSpot and a 9.6 from IGN. And then in GameStop's or GameSpot's best and worst of 2001, the game was nominated for best shooting game and came in ninth in their game of the year category. It was also nominated in the best graphics and artistic category. I would have thought it sold more copies than that because everybody I knew that had a PS2 had this game. Yeah, that that's what's surprising to me is that I thought it would have been more. Yeah, and you can't deny like that cover art just draws you in. You're like, I have to play this. You know, just that sweet tooth face, kind of you know, half his face just kind of yeah. bathed in darkness, and it just says "Twisted Metal Black." Like, I have to play this game. I, I'm a sucker for the half face you know, like poster or cover art, whatever the case may be. Like I, I just think it looks really cool, but yeah, it's, it's simple, but it does draw you in because you're like, okay, this is some type of creepy psycho clown. (laughs) What is this about? I want to know more. Yeah. And like I said, the, the controls are a little slippery, but it's not something that you can't get used to after a little while, because this is, like I said, it's the early days of the, the dual shock controller, so it, it some of the buttons aren't quite where I would expect them to be like the brake you the, you know you to brake you have to use the right stick and that's reverse as well and it took I actually after a while I was like where is can do I have brakes at all in this game so I went and looked through the manuals and learned where all the controls were I was like oh I miss manuals I miss having manuals so much yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, something else that I, I saw here that I had no idea, and I kind of want to look these up. There was uh, a series of six original Flash webisodes to promote the release of the game uh, that featured each of the characters. Oh, we're going to have so, to look this up on YouTube. Yeah, they've got to be on YouTube. Have to be. Yeah. Let's see. Go to YouTube. Stead Metal. Black. You know, the graphics on this game are still top-notch. I mean, it still looks great. And it, one of my favorite things to do, and I didn't know, you know, while I was doing it until after I did it, um, during the second map, you can go to a neighborhood, and they have a circus, like, up on the hill. That's there, mm-hmm. and you can like run through the tents and all that kind of stuff. But you can knock the um, the Ferris wheel <laughs> off of its moorings, and it just rolls through the town. <laughs> I was like, "That's <laughs> so freaking awesome!" That is awesome. Yeah the uh, the webisodes are on YouTube. Oh, awesome! I have to watch yeah. these. Yeah, they all look short too. They're all like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I figured they were probably pretty pretty uh short considering this was early internet so <laughs> there was these no were made YouTube with flash time, so. so yeah they had to be pretty short yeah but that's I, awesome though there's not much more i can say about it. i mean it's it's if you've never played twist even if you've never played twisted metal black you know what twisted metal is about 
It's just a crazy uh, demolition derby with all kind of cool cars and different cool characters. Everybody wants to be Sweet Tooth because who doesn't want to be Sweet Tooth? You know, a, a ice cream truck that shoots missiles and is driven around by a clown whose head is on fire. <laughs> you know, what more could anyone ask? Yeah, what can you? What more can you ask for? But yeah, exactly. I, just from what little I got to play over it over the weekend, like I said, I never, I haven't finished it because man, th- these m- uh, maps, the each um, game is is kind of long. Like it takes a while to get through each uh, each map. So I highly recommend if you have a PS2, I I would say go ahead and pick this up. I mean, I paid, I think maybe I think I paid about fourteen bucks for it. And it's a really nice copy of the game. The just the 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 booklet, you know, the instruction book is so freaking cool. Like it's, it looks like it's handwritten, like in a you know an old journal, and tells you about the different characters and everything. I'm like, man, this is really cool. I forgot how much I missed instruction manuals. Oh, I always loved reading instruction manuals whenever they came with a game. I still, so I was at my parents' house uh, a week ago and I found my old instruction manual for uh, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I lo- I love little that. instruction booklets. I probably still have mine at my mom's house somewhere. I just got to find it. Yeah. But yeah, I just from what little I played, I mean, I, I had eight out of 10 worth of fun with it and it's something that I could still just pop in and play and uh, you know it's really fun and I don't know why they haven't turned this into at least if not a reboot or a remaster some sort of online you know battle royale component with like you know RPG elements of like you know getting to upgrade all your stuff and your character and different skins that you could do and different upgrades like it just it's perfectly built for that game style. Maybe one day. I hope so. Who knows? Because if I mean, if you're looking at the money that Fortnite uh, games like Fortnite and you know what are like PUBG, the money that those games are making, and you're looking at the Twisted Metal series, going, hmm, this could work. I mean, get on it, Sony. Let's do this. I'm I'm down. Yeah, I would be too. Like, I, I would play a new Twisted Metal game. I would. If they came out with one. Yeah, you'd think that would be... I mean, this was such a flagship series for the for the, the PlayStation. Why they haven't made a... Uh, why they haven't kept it going up till now is just kind of mind-boggling. Like, it's such a cool series. Like I said, maybe one day yeah, they'll bring it back. I think eventually they will. It may not be anytime soon, but I think they will. But yeah, I recommend it if you have a PS2 and you don't have a copy. They're relatively cheap, so I I recommend it. It should be in the PS2 library if you have one. Yes. But uh, that's going to do it for for that review for this week. And uh, before we go, I did want to say that um, our good friend I Am The Rampage has given us some game codes to give away. And uh, from the, the Sonic um, Humble Bundle, how do you say it? The Humble Bundle. That was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I just call it the better. Yeah, the better. The humble bumble. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got some game codes to give away. So we're going to do that next week. And uh, we'll come up with a little contest for you guys so, uh, to win some game codes of some Sonic games. Uh, thank you to I Am The Rampage for that. And Yeah, um, for sure. So listen in next week and you can find out how you can win some of those game codes. Maybe we should do some Sonic trivia. Maybe. I'm I'm okay with Sonic trivia. Yeah. But you got to be here to win. So you have to yes. be here at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time next Wednesday. A chance to win some free games, some discussion on Halo. Yeah. What more could anyone ask? Be here for the Halo discussion. You know yeah, you want to be here for that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so what you got going on with the Derek Diamond experience? I know the uh, the finale is coming up here soon. So, but before that, um, this past Monday, I released our watch along we did with Wally for the uh, original Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. 
and the Ghostbusters roundtable that me, you, Wally, and Mr. Mike Eveland did yes. uh, will be dropped tomorrow. So between those two episodes and then Wally's appearance on the Fantastic People podcast, you should have more than enough Ghostbusters content to get yeah. you ready for Afterlife. <laughs> but no, we we had we had a blast uh, talking about the whole Ghostbusters franchise. Uh, so that that episode will be out uh, this week. And then this upcoming Monday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live is the final episode of the Derek Dynamics series. It's crazy because it's been, you know, I'll get into the sentimental stuff on Monday, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I think it, if not the, it's one of the longest running podcasts on the Gulf Coast. Yeah. It I has to be. So it has to be. But uh, for that, I you know, I got to do a top five. I'm doing top five movie endings. Yeah, so, I've got to get my list together and put it on there. It's that's going to be a tough one because there's a lot of good movie endings. But uh, yeah, I'll be doing that and just, you know, just kind of having general discussion like I do for most of my live shows. So be sure to stop by if you want. Uh, it's uh, Facebook.com slash D Diamond podcast. And that airs this upcoming Monday, which is November 22nd at, uh, yeah, 6 p.m. Central Time. Awesome. Uh, the Open Micers podcast, go check it out. Last week we talked to comedian Mo Alexander, and we had a whole running joke about uh, our local barbecue place called Pleasants, where they uh, <laughs> it's barbecue and used tires. So that was a... Uh, interesting <laughs> a nice little uh running joke so it, that was a great one of my favorite episodes we've ever done of that show mo mo alexander is one of the funniest people to walk the planet and please go check out that episode at open micers on twitter and uh facebook.com slash open micers podcast so if, if you've never heard of mo alexander you're missing out on one of the funniest comedians one of the funniest people on the planet. And we talk about how he got banned from Graceland. So you have to go hear that story. <laughs> you have my attention. Yes. And the only way to hear it is to go listen to the Open Micers podcast. So that's all I got for this week. Is there anything else we got we to we gotta talk about before we go? Uh, just real quick, if you want to follow my new show, which oh, yeah. will be launching in January, uh, it's uh, at Feature Prez Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Already, uh, the Instagram's doing really well. I'm almost up to 300 followers already. Wow, already? Which is pretty surprising, and I haven't even put a single episode out <laughs> Crazy. yet. So, yeah, so I've uh, been trying to post some some cool stuff on there, you know, a few times a week. So, um, as the premiere, you know, gets closer, I'll release more information. Like I've, I've got a couple of guests that are pretty much locked in, but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it, Yeah. but I, I've got some cool stuff lined up for the first couple of episodes. So awesome. We'll see how that goes. Well, I'm going to play our music and we are going to walk out the door. If you'd like to email us, email us your stories, any stories you want us to cover or you want to just tell us that we're awesome or we suck, send it to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Go get some merch over at ncrmerch.com. We got face masks. We got bags. We got uh, hats and shirts and wall hangings, coffee mugs. We got everything ncrmerch.com we're also at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where as little as a dollar a month helps out the show and we keep doing those commentary tracks every single month if you can't do that leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so Derek please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce yes Chucker, eh? Uh.